Well, that was an adventure. I wonder why Discord was glitching out. Discord does weird things every now and then. Oh, I'll tweet that we are starting. Uh-oh, Anon's not... Can't hear Anon. He's got... He's muted. My god, I'm sorry. This is difficult. This whole Discord is down <laughs> thing uh, really threw me off. So, hello, we're live. Welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. This week, we are talking about the weekly released lore book straight from the pyramids themselves, the <laughs> unveiling. Man, Discord doesn't like Baxter. You're really choppy. I, You know, I feel as though it's my laptop. I, I don't know. I think the same thing happened. I actually got a new webcam since two weeks ago, and uh, Stop exactly the things. same thing. <laughs> No. Anyway, I don't know. But yeah. Um, so this week we're talking about Unveiling, which <clears throat> if you've played every week since Unveiling started uh, coming out, you'll notice that you haven't finished the full book. That's because the last entry, um, Trust and Hope, I'll just say the name of it, is coming out this Tuesday uh, at the beginning of the next season, which is really interesting, I think, personally, just to quickly talk yeah. about that. That's that's unique. That's something that they've never really done before, a lore book proceeding through a season like mm -hmm. that. But I wonder if it's it's um, got something to do with the fact that, you know, like they, they, they initially pushed back the release date of Forsaken. Do you remember? Oh yeah, not, well, not Shadow forsaken, Keep, but yeah, Shadow Keep. Yeah, they yeah. originally pushed back the the release date of Shadow Keep by like two weeks, was mm -hmm. it? So uh, I I doubt they made any significant changes to law books in that time period. So, so it I'm should guessing... have happened last week then. Like yeah. It, okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That 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 that's what I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So it's going to be interesting. So then, um, does anyone want to kick it off uh, about the lore book? How, sh how should we how should we go about this book? Because this one's crazy. Yeah, well, there's a huge amount to to go through. I mean, yeah. um, should we go it piece by piece, or or what 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 do you think we should do? Maybe we fun? can maybe we can start by by talking a little bit about how we started getting the lore book in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Someone because I, I, I think so far we've we haven't really talked about um, unveiling. You know, we've 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 avoided talking about unveiling until we had enough of to be worth talking about. Um, but the way that this started mm -hmm. is at this, you know, at the the end of the the campaign for for Shadowkeep, we discover an item. What was it called again? The artifact. I think it was. It was oh, just, just uh, called the artifact. Uh, simple term, the artifact. Hmm. And then uh, that was that. That was the first. Uh, was that the first entry we got immediately on getting the artifact? Is that right? Can't did, remember. Did we get now. the first entry immediately? Yeah, I think so. We I got we pleased did. to meet you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Eris was all, every... "Don't 
don't listen to this. We should throw these out. <laughs> and then, as it progressed, Eris <laughs> was more like, well, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should, you know, not take it too seriously or anything, but have a read, you know, see, see what they have to say. Eris is uh, that person at work who's like, oh, man, I, I hate gossip. I hate drama. I hate all of that. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to tell me, I'm going to listen. They said yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of interesting that the that Eris has, has changed her perspective a little bit as mm-hmm. the as the story's gone. Um, and we also had that cutscene. What what entry were we at for that cutscene? Was that uh, entry five? I think it was about then. It was like halfway through. It was either five or six. So it was either the first knife, which I think it was, or P fifty three. I'm not sure. It might have been like was... after uh, first knife, but before P fifty three. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought it was during first knife. Yeah. During, but did it not happen on like a Tuesday? Well, it happened on a Tuesday, but that's what I mean. Like, it would be the day that you get P53, we saw the cutscene first. Mm. Because you see the cutscene, and then you get the entry. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. So anyway, at some point, we got that cutscene as well, Mm -hmm. which was really interesting. I think it was a... a, Yeah, it was just an interesting choice to have that cutscene... Um, kind of in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. and I don't know because it was quite enigmatic. You know, it didn't really explain wh- what was going on. It it just showed you this little glimpse of Eris's interaction with the with the statue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how did she even get on the ship? Because we needed all that armor. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe. Maybe once we had been on, it it made it possible for her to get on more easily. I don't know. Oh, I guess. I mean, you would think then the hive would be all over that too, right? <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. You would think the hive, like the hive, seemed to have a fascination with it. So, like, why wouldn't they? If Aris could get inside, why wouldn't the hive go inside? Hmm. Anyway, um. So from from like the 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 gameplay perspective, that's that's what that that's how we got the 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 lore entries, and um, other than that, I don't think there's been anything else kind of within the game that that's happened related to these entries, right? Don't think so. Mm. No, there's just the original storyline, and then Eris touching the statue with was another lore entry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. I mean, I'm sure we're gonna find out okay. in like another uh, stolen intelligence esque series. Like, yeah, this guardian mm-hmm. and Eris are talking to the darkness. I don't like that. Like, Praxis Warlocks mm-hmm. are gonna be on us. Yeah. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, I guess should we should we go through each yeah. entry? I don't know if we need to read read every single entry, but no, I mean, uh, we can we can uh, summarize and talk about the important ones because there are some really important ones. And then when we get to the the after the first knife, we should actually go into that cutscene, I think, and like kind of mm-hmm. because that I know we have some uh, differing opinions on this on this cast here as to what was actually going on there. 
mm-hmm. because I think it was something very specific and um I know other people here disagree or at least at, at the time disagreed but so you know the first century of unveiling is pleased to meet you and it's kind of setting the stage it's like so we just got this thing from the the pyramid the darkness and now we're getting a letter from it saying pleased to meet you it's like they're talking to us like they just said we're not your we're not your enemy we're not your friend we are your salvation and now it's saying pleased to meet you let me talk about myself for a little while and it it just it's so like candid and and unusual in destiny to like have any 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 enemy faction just be like hey this is me you're going to you're going to learn about me you know you're you're not just like in like orgs wrote the books of sorrow and Mm -hmm. he wasn't like writing it saying like hey how you doing it's me i'm oryx this is my story i bet you're wondering how i got here um it's it's very different you know yeah yeah right it's almost like he's he's like hello i just want to say i am necessary yeah (laughs) How you mm. doing? Let me let me explain. Sit down, relax. <laughs> it's a my man, Oryx. Yeah, I'm not. Don't. We'll get to that, but I am not enthusiastic <laughs> about that terminology. Talking about Oryx, like that's, I don't I don't understand it. That's weird to me. Why is the darkness yeah. saying my man, Oryx? <laughs> I don't like it. He's <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, what so, you yeah. know about that there boy <laughs> uh, but so the first entry pleased to meet you and then the second entry the gardener and the winnower and so the gardener is actually a term we've we've heard mm-hmm. we've definitely heard it in D1 in that Rasputin card yeah so but we, we kind of uh, it seems very likely that Rasputin uses the term the gardener to talk about the trap yes uh, as would the, the winnower here well but but this is this is where it comes to you know like um is the is the traveler the gardener yes i you see i don't think i don't think it is why why would it not be because the pyramids the 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 pyramid on the moon or the pyramids in general aren't the winner how how so i i think that the gardener and the winnower in this story represent entities that don't exactly exist within our universe in the same way that the traveler as a physical entity exists or the the pyramids as physical entities exist i think that the um you know the in the books of sorrow the worm gods say um there is a traveler and another agent of the light or an agent of the sky. Yeah. Talking and, about also the Leviathan. Yeah. I, my opinion is that the, the traveler and the Leviathan and guardian are agents of the gardener. Guardians are, are a bit of a, you know, but isn't there one towards the end that if, Pretty much specifically says, like, the gardener chose you and came to your system and resurrected you and chose you from death. Where it feels like it's very, like, pretty much painting a picture that the traveler is the gardener. 
because it talks about specifically um, it coming to our system and specifically like reviving us and choosing us in one of the later cards. Well, it's, so what it says is, I know we're jumping ahead here, but it says uh, it was the gardener that chose you from the dead. Mm-hmm. But I, but I mean, the traveler didn't choose us from the dead. The trap, the traveler didn't choose us. But the traveler made the ghosts. Yeah, who choose us? So well, uh, what like, I'm saying is, there's already like, the if, if the gardener is the traveler, that's already incorrect. The traveler didn't choose us from the dead. The ghost, uh, our ghost chose us from the. Dead. That's so because the, the, the exact right, line, well, but, the gardener then, chose you from the dead. I wouldn't have done that. It's just not in me. But now they have invested themselves in you. You are incredibly uniquely special. That wandering refugee chose to make a stand, spend their power to say, here I prove myself right. Here I wager that given power over physics and trust of absolute freedom, people will choose to build and protect a gentle kingdom ringed in spears. So that to me is specifically saying, like, it, it's saying the gardener is the refugee who showed up to the system mm. and resurrected. I feel like that's yeah. very clear that that's what it's saying. Well, I I don't know if I I agree that it is as clear, but that's a fair point. Um, because the way the way that I read, hmm, yeah, no, maybe, maybe maybe this disproves my argument. Then let me reread that. <laughs> because I I feel as though um, the reason the reason that I that I that I kind of had this perception right is that the the story about the gardener and the winnower is a story about two entities that exist outside of our universe as as we as we as we exist right it it's the story yeah. of of two creatures two things and how they kind of set the rules that lead to the the formation of our universe right i don't understand why you know let's say you're playing a game of chess mhm actually no let, let let's take it a step further let's say you you are making the game of chess you are putting together the rules and the pieces and the board that make up chess why would you be an entity in that game it doesn't it doesn't make sense like you know yeah. as the as the creator of of the well, of the universe you are separate from that universe. but baxter that's but not really that, that makes that makes him a part of the game so what happens is even though that entity built the machine or the game however you look at it they're mm-hmm. still very much a part of that game because it's their game it's like it's like the pantheon of gods You've got your main gods, mm-hmm. and you've got your subset of gods and your demigods, and then you've mm-hmm. got your, you know, heroes. Where do I fall on that? <laughs> um, like, like maybe, maybe all the way. So he he is humans, and you're like uh-huh. you're like yeah. Is that like inverted because you're Australian or? Uh, yeah, let's let's say that that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay, that's like that's like. Uh, demigod, right? It's close enough. So I think you're, I think you're on the right path, Baxter, with your, with your type of thinking. As far as there are, there are a higher form of entity that's just now present within our universe <clears throat> that 
something that we couldn't perceive before but has made is making itself known to us now throughout the events that have uh, unfolded but there's still very much a part of the entirety of whichever uh, side they're on so like the gardener and the winnower however you choose to look Mm. at it the traveler is still a subset of that uh, package so but i guess the 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 reason the if you look at the game of life okay if you look at conway's game of life the the cellular or cellular automata that that the god that the winnower uses as a a a means well no i wouldn't even say a template because i don't actually think that the starting point for the game that they're talking about is conway's game of life i think it's an analogy Conway's game of life is incredibly okay. simple. You know, it's it's you. Yeah, I I I don't I don't think that that's that, that that's a, a template exactly. But but you know, it's an analogy. For you don't the, think that they were the... literally well? I mean, effectively playing that game, like they weren't playing like yes, the branded. Yes, effectively, effectively. They, but this is the thing: it isn't with Conway's game of life. If you look at Conway, right? Mm-hmm. He was a mathematician. He, he and, a, and a group of people put together these rules and that was that and defined the game and the game was set in motion mm-hmm. and they are not con you know conway can't come in and and you know he's not a god in the in the the sense of this omnipotent i'm gonna reach in and play with things and and come back out type type god mm-hmm. and i think that is right. to me that that is why this analogy makes sense. If well, that's the, not garden... the truth, though. I mean, that's not how it works. Is he's creating a theoretical game of life that he can't interact with because it's not an actual physical thing. But what, but what, but look but at every mythology about... through everything. There's always stories about gods interacting. Like there is no, there's not. Like, there's not. Actually... No, look the, at like the, the, Jesus, there are plenty. Like, Zeus, there, are... like there are plenty. Like, yeah. A lot of myth- yes. common mythologies have gods that are on a different plane of existence as us that come yes. into our world. And the well, only no, I would say that life is that it, like, it's a theoretical game. Where with this, like, it's a god; they can do whatever they want. If we're looking well, at these things the as they living on a different place, I, why? What's stopping them? There okay, are plenty okay, okay. of religions. There are plenty of religions where the god doesn't interfere. But there's also a like, ton where they do. Yeah, yeah. There are. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, you, uh, you can make the argument, oh, well, there's loads of mythologies that where the god interferes. You're right, there are. There are plenty of mythologies where the gods don't interfere. There are, you know, there are, there are people who believe that somebody set the world in motion and that was it. And then everything else happened because of the things that they set in motion. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're not more... more I, I, it is more common. There are far more mythologies in which the gods interfere with the world. All I'm saying is that using that as an argument, that, that the, there is a counter argument, which is that there are there are other religions where they don't think the gods interfere. But that doesn't make that argument null. It just in those mythologies, the god did not interact with the world. It's not saying that the god cannot interact with the world. It's just that the the deity decided to not interact with the world. Well, I, I don't the, know. I, I don't know defining, if that's true. I think the defining factor between whether some religions a god interfered or not is dependent on how you view or what your perception of interference is. Because some gods, by proxy, 
will create other subsets of gods that interfere and therefore they are interfering they are just not themselves present as a whole entity within that manipulation so like i think like i think for instance you know just as far as semantics go, uh, a god can or cannot interfere depending on how you look at that so it's about perception you're, you're really kind of roboting there right now yeah oh sorry like continue like, it's kind so, of roboting yeah but we still i mean we have mara Sav who literally created her own <laughs> like universe essentially and then mm -hmm. went into that universe right so, but but i think mara Sav is very much a I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of this argument is undermined by the the, the section that you that you pointed out. Um, the winner were refers to the the gardener as being the one that resurrected us directly. So I I completely accept that my argument doesn't hold up, but all I'm saying is that I think using existing method, like you know, I think it's it's uh, it's deism. There's this massive branch of of religion. Which argues that God does not interfere in in the way that the universe works, and there's there's plenty of people that that, that believe that, and well, so they've already made it they've already made it known in, in game that that we're not supposed to view it that way. I mean, they're they're trying to throughout the events and the stories and in, in, in the game, they're trying to tell us don't don't look at it this way. Yeah, that's fine. You can use these analogies, but um, what's happening here? The rules were set in motion a long time ago. And that's the way it's always been. So don't worry about that. Just continue. right. But so, I think there's a very different the the the, the rules of the universe. <clears throat> I have a very different perception on some of the stuff that that is in the unveiling book. If it's you know if it's as as you and Guardian are describing, and that the the winner and the gardener can interfere in the. The, the the running of the universe to me that means that that some of the the intention behind some of the things that are said could be different which is well, fine it just means i need to reevaluate I, I only think they interview interview i'm sorry can't speak today. Mm -hmm. i only think they interfere in a way of trying to manip manipulate your choice all they want you to do is join their side that's mm -hmm. the only thing I see. They're literally a voice in the darkness calling out to you. That's all I it see. Is, They're, it, the, the minions of the darkness and the minions of the light, guardians of the light, are just uh, two sides of the, of, the, of the same coin. And both of the voices calling out have always been there. It's, it's the reason why we pr are propelled forward. It's the reason why the darkness are propelled forward. But I don't think it is just that, that though. Because, because if the... I, that, that was my perspective, that the, that the gardener... And the winner, the only way that they could interfere was by sending us messages, effectively, which is still interference. But you don't it's consider not, light and dark interfering? Well, but to me, light and dark were the rules that were set up at the start. They weren't. And, and no, but th but this is this is this was my interpretation. No, but I mean, like that, it, like I'm really trying to take everything a, a step at a time. But they weren't. They that was that was the new rule. That yeah, was well, that's what... what I mean. Okay, that's what I mean, though. That was the rule that that the gardener and the winner disagreed over. Okay, that that you know, and and from that point onwards, my impression was that the universe continued on, and that the creation of the traveler 
was because of the the rule okay. that the that the, the gardener had supported and the creation of the the minions of the darkness and the pyramids was the result of the rules that the guard that the winner was support but actually from what we've said so far that doesn't make sense because so, if if so, the gardener was the one that resurrected us then that it that isn't that isn't just a voice that's coming to us from outside of the universe that's that's interactive so two things um i'd like to actually get back to that because that was the original argument is mm. the traveler the gardener right so all the way back from d1 we have the the entry and it took me a minute to find it because it's mm -hmm. hard to remember all those years ago ghost fragment mysteries uh this is rasputin talking about their efforts to prevent the collapse right so just to kind of go in and uh i'll link this in in the chat for anyone who wants to read but uh consider it the power titanomach world ender and consider it what it means i met it at the gate of the garden and i recall it smiled at me before it devoured the blossoms with black flame and pinned their names across the sky it was stronger than everything i fought it with aurora knives and with the stolen unfire of singularities made sharp by sweat was earthquake and my breath was static but it was stronger so how did i survive uh does it not talk about the gardener here yeah, it's t two more lines down. Oh, my bad. Yeah. I am alone. <clears throat> I survived. I cast off the shield and shrugged my shoulders so that the billions fell off me down into the ash. They made me stronger than them to learn, and I learned well. It is alone, and it is stronger, and it won, even over the gardener, and she held power beyond me. But the gardener did not shrug and make herself alone. It always wins. That is exactly the... Uh, philosophy that we see later in the unveiling book where it talks about where the winnower here the, the the narrator of these entries say how it always won its fights against the traveler and it's saying mm -hmm. like they would always try to be like extend that olive branch and that's when they would strike it wouldn't yeah. shrug off its people that it's trying to help it would keep them and say no we can both exist mm -hmm. and the winnower, the narrator disagreed. So do you still disagree that the traveler is the gardener? Because to well, say I, that the I, traveler I... isn't the gardener is to say that the entity came to our system and fought the pyramids. So no, no, no. I, I, my interpretation up until this point had been that, that Rasputin had referred to the traveler as the gardener. But the gardener in the story told by the winnower was not the same entity. Hmm. So, so my impression was that Rasputin, you know, like, in hindsight, that might not sound very <laughs> compelling. But my, my thinking was that Rasputin had referred to the, um, the traveler as the gardener, mm -hmm. but that it was still a separate entity from the gardener in the story that we were being told in on. But then why also, and I really uh, don't want to skip ahead, but so I believe it was in the final shape. Yeah. So in the final shape, 
It always ends the same, the gardener complained. This one stupid pattern. Aren't they beautiful, I asked, as the flowers open and close in patterns beyond the scope of entire universes to encode, all devouring and perhaps everlasting. Not even could we know whether a pattern in the flowers would cycle forever or someday halt. They're as dull as carbon monoxide poisoning, the gardener groused, although carbon monoxide did not exist yet and neither did anything that could be poisoned. The gardener kneeled to flick a patch of sod with their trowel, it struck open a flower, causing it to shut. Although I was closer to the flowers, and that was my sole purpose, I felt no fear or jealousy. We had our assigned dominions and always would. They're majestic. Uh, I should really just find that one. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's really hard to do this live. Uh, they chewed at the crack lip, which ex- existed only because this is an allegory. I'm going to do something about it. We need a new rule. So the gardener is mm-hmm. imposing that new rule. Yes. And uh, so then in the first knife, a special new rule, something to the gardener threw up their hands in exasperation. I, I don't know to reward those who make space for new complexity, a power that helps those who make strength from heterodoxy and who steer the game away from the, from gridlock, something to ensure there's always someone building something new. It'll have to be separate from the rest of the rules running in parallel. So it can't be compromised. And we'll have to be very careful so it doesn't disrupt the whole game. Uh, are you are you trying to get to the point where I am the growth and preservation of complexity? I yeah. will make myself into yes, a law in the game. That's it. Yeah, I will make myself into a law in the game. Mm-hmm. Is that not saying I am now going to be an entity in the flower game? I didn't think it was. I d- I didn't interpret it in that way. And but, thus we too I mean, became parts of the game. Uh, yeah. But like in the same way that but in the same way that like, you know, if you look at somebody like um Will Wright, okay, mm-hmm. who makes you know, he made a lot of simulation type games. You could imagine him adding entities to the game that would um you know a, a, a really good example, right? is in Left for Dead, there is this AI that runs alongside the game and that manages the the events that happen to make sure that the player has a, an interesting experience, okay? That doesn't necessarily mean that the creators of the game literally put themselves into the game. What it means is the creators of the game gave, added an, an entity to the game to act as their, like... Um, as a representative on their behalf to take actions that would that would lead to the results that they wanted. The thing is, all of this is all of this is just explaining why I thought something that is clearly incorrect. Because going back to the point the Guardian made in um, in the wager, it was the gardener that chose you from the dead. I wouldn't have done that. It's just not in me. But now that they have invested themselves in you, you are incredibly uniquely special. That that wandering refugee chose to make a stand, spend their power to say, here I prove myself right. Here I wager that given power over physics and the trust of absolute people will choose to build and protect a gentle kingdom ringed in spears, etc. I think that proves 
that that paragraph proves to me more than anything else that actually the gardener is the traveler. Okay, I was going to say, are you going to say that this proves that the gardener no, is no, not the traveler? No, no, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. No, no, that's what I'm saying. All <laughs> no, of this, that's okay. I'm, that's what I'm, we're just here for. I'm just explaining why my perspective was the way that it was. Okay. But like when, like half an hour ago, when Guardian read that out, that made me reconsider. You know, I I, I don't really feel like the other arguments were yeah. were strong enough to convince me. But but that particular paragraph is and... definitely. I mean, I I can't really argue the fact that the winner was says that wander that wandering refugee chose to make a stand, spend their power. Like if the if the the gardener was an entity outside of the universe, how could that how could that be possible? And we know mm -hmm. that that's exactly what the traveler did. The traveler came to our solar system, and when when it couldn't do anything else, it it spent all of its power to push back the darkness, to create the ghosts, and to create guardians. Mm -hmm. So, and so that actually coincides with another entry from Destiny One. <clears throat> Uh, Ghost Fragment, The Traveler 2. This has been a long chase. This will be the place you will fight, fight and win. But do you really know why you go where you go and where the journey is taking you? The chase leads you where you need to be, you believe, unless you are being pushed. So that is basically saying, like, <clears throat> The Traveler has been running this whole time. They've never stayed to fight, but this is where they're going to stay to fight. And that's what happens. That's what causes the collapse. Instead of just absolute destruction of our society, it's just... Or destruction of our everything. It's just destruction of our society. Mm. And so... Do you think there's still that, that, uh, that layer of unless you are being pushed, unless something is actually like pushing you there, that the winnower could be like setting a trap? Well, Maybe. And that that depends on what your your view is of like is this is this gardener winnower stuff actually happening? Are we actually uh, or are we being duped? That's mm. that's one of the things that ha keeps coming up because you know we don't know we don't know for sure if uh, what we're being told is 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 directly from them or not. I mean, it could just be another ruse. I mean, but, I don't think so. Let's assume. Well, I know, I know. That's okay. Let's assume that that it is like we should for now. Mm -hmm. Um. So if 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 what would be okay? So here's the here's the fundamental question that we need to answer. What is the point? Why do we need to know about the gardener and the winnower? going forward i think so I, I mean i guess the question that you're asking is why did the winner send us all these messages Correct. well they they answer that and i like really we gotta stop jumping ahead but they answer that in the wager yeah this is it like the the argument of the the darkness of the winner is that it is the it is the philosophy that makes the most sense. And the the gardener and the winnower are willing to stake the entire existence on the uni of the universe on that bet, on either side of that bet, effectively. And That's so... A little self-centered. If, if we, yeah. yeah, it is. 
if we are the biggest threat that exists to the god to the darkness winning that bet then don't you think it would make sense for them to persuade us that actually we're on the wrong side we're on the losing side yeah if you don't switch sides then you know you won't be there at the end yeah and i mean maybe it's hard it's hard to know that so that it's there are two possibilities there one is that the darkness cares about us and doesn't want us to be on the losing side which doesn't make any sense because the darkness doesn't really care about anything the darkness only cares about the final shape and whatever is the most justified what which whoever has the right to exist is what should exist so i don't think it's option number one option number two is we actually are a threat there is a significant chance that we have the capability to prevent the darkness from winning the bet Uh and the easiest way to eliminate that threat is to get us to change sides i think there's a third option Mm, okay (laughs) i think option three is the winner is finally saying like this can make the game fun and it's like maybe your rule isn't stupid because Mm. in in uh the fourth entry the final shape uh, aren't they beautiful? I asked, blah, blah, blah. Wait, just, I just actually just read that. Uh, not even we could know whether a pattern in the flowers would cycle forever or someday halt. And this is like, can they cycle forever? Maybe they actually can do that. And that's exciting for the winnower. And they're seeing the potential. And that's why mm-hmm. in the card, uh, the wager, uh, I truly value value you to the gardener. You are a means to the end. To me, you're majestic. You are full of the only thing worth anything at all, like that potential to to cycle forever. And so, like, I think the winnower wants to see us just decimate the universe. Yeah, it's interesting. This is a tangent, so I'm gonna just just say say this before I, I go on it um, but it's it's interesting because that sentence not even we could know whether a pattern in the flowers would cycle forever or someday is a feature of Conway's game of life mm-hmm. and it's actually a feature of almost all there are there are many problems in computer science that um, it's impossible to know it, it there is this there is this problem that Alan Turing, I think it was Alan Turing document, uh, called the halting problem, which is that um, there are certain problems for which you can't write uh, an algorithm that will figure out if if that problem will ever be solved. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you can't you can't write a and 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 it's really easy to demonstrate with the game of life. Um, it's actually even if you this is slightly different but it's related in that even if you have like a state in the game of life if you say this is um generation number 100 in the game of life and you can see all of the the cells are in a certain point even though the rules of the game of life are very simple and you can really easily go forward one step and say right this is what the next generation looks like mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to go back one step and so if you're a generation 100 and you want to say, right, well, what does generation zero look like? It, you, you can't, there's no, there's no um, pattern that you can go through. There's no algorithm that you can run or mathematical formula that you can carry out that will 
easily show you what generation zero looks like. you effectively have to like brute force it and try many different solutions and there's actually some some people have um suggested using that feature of the game of life and of, of cellular automata in general to create uh, encryption keys because one of the features of encryption keys is that they should be very easy to go in what you can you should, you should very easily be able to do calculations in one direction but not easily do calculations in the other direction anyway that was a tangent but i find that kind of thing interesting so <laughs> yeah it kind of reminds me of the monte carlo method and how yeah. they use that in the game to describe just this randomness and trying to figure out the possible solution and trial by error just keep throwing try just keep throwing out you know random tries until you get the one that unlocks the door yeah I wonder if the 15th wish is unlocked by shooting the wall with Monte Carlo. Oh, God. <clears throat> just, <laughs> and then you just plug Somebody's it in. Somebody's right? doing it right now because you said it. Right? That'd be awesome. <laughs> they were like, yeah, I was just oh, watching God. this thing and this guy threw out a random crap and 15 wish. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, so P53 then? I don't even know. We've jumped around so much. There is something I definitely want to talk about in um, the first knife, though, and also the final mm-hmm. shape, because basically, what that's what the that's what the winner wants, right? They do want that final shape, that final pattern. So that's why I think it's it's such so possible. That the third option that I suggested, they see us as the possible final shape, mm. um, and also maybe even Oryx, and that's why they call him Mind Man Oryx. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so, more importantly, in the first knife, we good? Okay. Sorry, no worries. Yeah, sorry. In the first knife, it's basically the beginning of the the fight that spawns the universe as we know it. Because the universe kind of existed in like like subtle ways, I guess. It's 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 all very weird the way they write this like yeah. they say and his yeah. chin only existed because it's a metaphor and it's like what <laughs> <laughs> chins hadn't even been invented yet yeah yeah you know Mr. like i mean yeah how else do you tell a story about before the universe began yeah but either either way uh no the gardener said i'm the growth the preservation of complexity i will make myself into a law into the game and thus the two became parts of the game and the laws of the game became gnomic and open to change by our influence and i had only one purpose and principle in the game and i could do nothing but continue to enact that purpose because it was all that i was ever and ever would be i looked at the gardener i looked at my hands and I discovered the first knife. So it's kind of um, this really interesting take on it. Like, so there was never a knife before. And I mean, obviously there was never a knife before. There was never yeah. anything before. It should and... have a line after that saying, I discovered the first knife, but it wasn't really a knife because <laughs> hands hadn't been invented yet. So. Yeah, it's just, it's just using things that you can perceive to draw the analogy. Yeah. 
But so. But, yes. And then Oryx, you know, in The Taken King, we learn about Oryx and how he communed with the darkness and he got this ability to take. And then also in The Taken King, we had Taken Thrall, Acolytes, Knights, Wizards, Scions, Phalanxes, Centurions, Vandals, Captains, Goblins, Hobgoblins, Minotaurs. And each of them got a lore entry, a Grimoire card back then. And for example, the Taken Thrall. Uh, you are a thrall, and it describes the thrall. You are numberless spawn of the hive, shrieking and expendable, one pebble in an avalanche. You have been taken. So at this point, they've been taken, and Oryx is telling them how to feel. Stop, stop howling. Set down your claws. Your fear is over. Your weakness is done. You will be strong now. What is your purpose? What law drives you? To close with the enemy. To rend it. To move in great numbers. To cower when alone. To swarm when together. But you are predictable. Frail. You cannot pass through. Fire and shoot. You need to be elusive. There is a knife for you. It is shaped like sideways. Take that knife, use it, take your new shape. So it's got this kind of like parallel to what the winnower first discovered. It's like, oh, I have a knife now. And it's like, that's what, mm-hmm. in the process of taking someone, they get a they get a knife, but it's not really a knife because hands weren't invented yet. And... I'm going to put a bookmark here before we go any further because I just want, (laughs) at the end of all of this, I want to bring up something um, that you're talking about parallels. This entire unveiling, all of this stuff that we're reading is a parallel to, but that's my bookmark, so go ahead. I mean, that was basically it. I mean, all of them have... um... Uh, sort of take on that like goblins and hobgoblins they get told accept the changing blade instead of mm. take up the knife mm-hmm. make it your companion take your new shape as in in the case of the taken vandal uh scions take up the knife cut yourself apart take your new shape they all have this this new knife that you know it's getting told and then also goes all the way back into the Ghost Fragment Traveler 3. Uh, the knife had a million blades, and you were a giant, powerful, and swift, but the knife pinned you, cut your godly flesh away. Uh, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> the knife stole much more than your body. Like, it's there's all this this uh, terminology around the Winnower using a knife, because they made the first knife. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I just think that's interesting, personally. No, yeah, you're good. I think it's um, it's interesting as well when you think about it. I know I know this, I know this is um, maybe an obvious thing to say, but all of those creatures that were taken, all of all of those people, things—I don't know what the right term is—individuals that were taken, like they were all given a knife, but they're not actually given. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the only thing that I'm trying to say is that isn't that isn't really a knife either. You know, like it's not like they come back as taken, but they're holding a knife. You know, that's what I said. Take up your knife, but it's not really a knife because hands weren't invented yet. Yeah, I'm just agreeing. It's like, but (laughs) but in this case, hands are invented. Hands have been invented now, (laughs) but it's still not really a knife. It's an error in translation. Mm, But is it? It's just, it's just the word, the only word that they can use to explain. Yeah, I just feel good. All I know is that, or I don't actually know. Do you, do we know who wrote um, the Taken cards? I was, I'd assume it'd be. I was Seth. just wondering that. I I was thinking that it's it seems very Seth like because I know Seth wrote Unveiling, and I 
yeah. I'm pretty sure he wrote Ghost Fragment, The Travelers. Mm. Mm. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's ever come up before, but I'd love, oh, I I'd love to, love to know the answer to that. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe one day we can get him on and we can ask him what he wrote, and he'll be like, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. years ago, man. <sighs> anyway, so, shall we keep going? Yeah. So the first knife. Oh, we just we discovered the first knife. So then, P fifty three. P fifty three is interesting. That was that was one that caused. Um, that one asks a question, and I'm actually curious what you guys think about it. Would one of you like to read? Because I've been reading a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'll, shall I read the whole thing? Uh, read what's important, I guess. I mean, well, how it's hard to know what is and isn't important in in the unveiling book, but uh, yeah, that, that anyway. was an issue before. That's why I'm sick of reading. <laughs> yeah. So I'll start. I might skip some things, but yeah, um, well, it's short. Just yada yada. It is. Yeah. You can't Thank yada, you for yada making. <laughs> Thank you for making room in your life for another talking ball. Which is a good line, actually. I like yeah. that. There are a lot of talking balls in Destiny, so it, it, it's it's good. Let me ask you a question. In the three billion base pairs of your root species genome, there is a single gene that codes for a protein called P53. The name is a mistake. The protein weighs only as much as 47,000 protons, not 53,000. If you were a cell, you would think P53 was a mistake too. It has several coercive functions to delay the cell's growth, to sterilize the cell when it is old, and to force the cell into self-destruction if it becomes too independent. Would you tolerate a bomb in your body waiting to detonate if you deviated from the needs of society? However, without P53 as an enforcer, the body's utopian surplus of energy becomes a paradise for cancer. Cells cannot resist the temptation to steal from that surplus. Their genetic morality degrades as tumors suppress genes. The only way to stop them is by punishment. You now confront the basic problem of morality. It is the alignment of individual into the global needs of the structure. Patterns will participate in a structure only if participation benefits their ability to go on existing. The more successful the structure grows, the more temptation accrues to cheat and the greater the advantage the cheaters gain over their honest neighbors, and the greater the ability they develop to capture the very laws that should prevent their selfishness. To prevent this, the structure must punish cheaters with a violence that grows in proportion to its own success. My question follows. Is Pif P53 an agent of the darkness or the light? Bum, bum, bum. I think the answer is mean, obvious. I, I meet after reading this. It's clear that that communism is correct. <laughs> that's my. Is that that's what you were about to say, right? Yeah. God. Damn yeah. Um. No, <laughs> I think the answer is obvious. Is P fifty three an agent of the darkness or the light? It's an agent of the darkness, but it <clears throat> also it's trying to make you say. Well, obviously, it's an agent of the darkness. That's what you do. You kill the things that get out of line. But sorry, Guardian's got but, a cat. <laughs> um, it kills the things that get out of line, but it's also saying like just because it's killing the things that get, get out of line doesn't make it bad. It's saving you. It's it's saying like this is going to kill you, so I'm going to kill it. And right. 
it's kind of persuading you, right? So it's, a, it's it's like the whole if you step back a, if you step back and take an aerial view of it, it's making the case for either side's existence. One mm-hmm. is, um, you know, you whatever side of the fence you're on, your enemies are the cancer, and you've got to cut them away in order for you to exist. But that's not necessarily devaluing their existence either, because maybe they were meant to be there to challenge you to help you grow. Because without them some sort of evolution can't happen. So I'm going to quote a tweet that um, Jazzy uh, tweeted. Dr. Jazzy Bebop. Jazzy, you know Jazzy. She said, as someone who majored in zoology, the Cambrian explosion and P53 entries in the unveiling book make me want to bang my head against a they're filled with false information <laughs> and gross oversimplifications. Don't trust what they say. Well, I mean, they're wrong, so. I mean, so <laughs> that's where I ended up as well. When I started, like, reading through these pages, I did not like how it came out, and so I did more research into them. But it's kind of the thing of, like, it doesn't really matter if they're false because this is a video game, and they're spinning their own story. Like, yeah. people does not function yeah. like in the card as it does in real life but they're making their own statement. Hmm. So it's like, it is kind of annoying because they're trying to use like real world things to justify it. But at the same time, they're over-exaggerating things and changing things because it's a video game and they're making it work for their narrative. But then they wouldn't have to pick P53. I don't, I don't really, I feel as though, you know, if destiny is clearly supposed to be set in our world Reality. with a, yeah, with with a with a couple of like, oh, but wait, you know, do you know what I mean? It's reality. I, I feel as though up to the point that the winnower and the gardener did not say, "I want to be in the game." Yeah, like that's the thing I, that changes. Yeah, I, 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 that's that's how I feel. So I know what you mean. Maybe it, maybe it could be, maybe it is just that we have to say, well, it's a game, so it's an oversimplification. But you could also take the the route of saying maybe the winnower knows exactly how P fifty three works and knows exactly what happened during the Cambrian explosion. But they're trying to make a point, and when people try and make a point, they oversimplify arguments because sure. the, the the simpler version of the argument is a is a better um, reflection of what of the of the point that they want. Right. Well, that's the point. That's the point of the argument is to try to, you know, uh, create a central point of contention to 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 uh, debate. Yeah. And then people get people get wrapped up and tied up into the minutiae of things. I mean, you could go off into a, a tangent or, you know, run down a rabbit hole like I do constantly when I'm trying <laughs> to figure out what the heck I'm I'm reading. But um you're always if you it, there, look. There was a really cool thing somebody said a long time ago, and I don't know who it was. It was a philosopher or somebody. But basically, what they said was, if you keep asking the same question over and over and over again, eventually you're going to get the answer you wanted. Hmm. So, yeah, I I I don't know. I, I feel as though, um, I actually think that P fifty three is an agent of the light. Ow. Because, because you you can't have. If you look at it from the, from the perspective of the dark, 
the thing that has a right to exist is the thing that has the most right to exist. You don't enforce rules. If something is able to take this energy surplus that a body has and, and turn into something greater, that's good for it. It has the right to do that. But the, the concept of the, of the light is that you need to put things into place to, to um, encourage heterodoxy. We have, we have millions of different kinds of cells in our body. If well, one becomes cancerous and starts taking over, we, it is for I the it to. is for the good of the whole organism to prevent that from happening. That is I that is a rule to. that encourages heterodoxy. Yeah, I think we need to go on to the next card because literally what you're saying introduces the next idea. Well, yeah. the Cambrian explosion. By the, yeah, by not the T equals zero because T, T equals zero. zero is just we fought. Yeah. Yeah, there was some there was some worms. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. What's what do you think of that? So actually, there are there are a few like I guess Easter eggs would be a, a good thing. Like uh, and we and still Callbacks. we fought. We brought down the tree of silver wings and left the stump to smoke amid the meadows. We left prints of our splayed feet and our straining backs in the clay. So the tree of silver wings in the garden would be the Titan exotic from D one ruin wings, right? Mm -hmm. The yeah. Uh, tree of silver leaves, uh, bark is destruction of the seeds. We don't talk or something along those lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then the worms. It was always just an enigma as to what they were talking to, talking about. Yeah. And still, and still we grappled our rolling bodies, pushed through, Push things out of the garden, worms and scurrying life from the fertile soil, wet things from the pools and leaves. They came out into the madness of primordial space. They thrashed and became large. So, mm. is that the worm <laughs> gods? I mean, it could be, very much so. But I mean, I feel as though there's so much that we don't know about. At the start of the Books of Sorrow, right, the mm -hmm. worm gods are all already imprisoned by the leviathan in fundament so the leviathans are the bad ones because they won i ah oh man i just uh, I, I could i could go off on let, let's now let's, let's not say this i don't i don't want to <laughs> yeah. we'll stick to unveiling it's just so there's so much left unsaid yeah and yeah. i feel like yeah. they're just like planting like all these ideas and they're like trying to like they want to say, like, we didn't forget about D1. We're going to continue it. Don't worry. Yeah. And it's like, they're not giving us the full answer. They're just reminding us that there is an answer type of yeah. thing. Yeah. But then, uh, as as Rhino was saying, the Cambrian explosion. Mm -hmm. This one was a lot of fun for me, personally. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, well, as, as, I, as I mentioned, and I know you read the same book, Rhino... Um, there is a book. What's it called again? Um, Other uh, minds. Other minds. Yes. Peter Godfrey. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll post a link to it in the in the chat if I can. You're my. Uh, you should be able to. Yeah. Oh, here's a link to the Wikipedia article. So, it's a book about the brains of octopuses. But it has a great section in it about the the, the Cambrian explosion because um, that was the point at which kind of all 
life. So there was a there was a massive explosion in the variety of life that existed at at some point in our in our ancient history, and it is the the point at which humans and jellyfish share a common ancestor. Um, uh, anyway, there's a Netflix series called Explained. Uh, they have an episode oh, yeah. that kind of actually touches on that, and they were saying like how like humans are all the way over here, and if you're to like follow like all the evolutionary lines, there's mm-hmm. like the common ancestor like millennia ago between humans mm-hmm. and octopods, where it's like, and now we split, and it just kept splitting further and further right. on for humans and yeah. octopods. Well, yeah. the thing about the the thing about the Cambrian explosion is it was a time that when we when our when our scientists were digging around in the balls. and they found and they found fossils, uh, they found a massive explosion of fossils within a certain layer, and so they determined that that time was a time period of mass evolution because of this sudden emergence of fossils within our uh, crust. So anyway, so it, it's still a mystery as to why it happened, but all they know is that. Um, there was a there there could have been a ton of oxygen in the atmosphere that, that was created by algae and that they were finally at the levels we needed to you know create fuel to growth for growth of new body structures and new ways of living so those primordial uh living things that were in the vast ocean just in the soupiness of our fundament basically on our uh finally had enough of the building blocks to just assemble and create new forms of life and that's what scientists theorize is what created the cambrian explosion it's it's worth pointing out as well because i've seen some people be confused by this there was no actual explosion right what (laughs) nothing yeah there wasn't an asteroid that hit the earth and caused life but that that brings an but that brings another idea that scientists believe is uh, this idea of panspermia, which there's yeah. this, you know, they're the building blocks for life floating out there in the universe. And that one asteroid in an event could bring those little seeds to an area where it could sustain life and use those building blocks to create uh, these types of organisms. Wasn't that a plot for that horror movie with Ryan Reynolds where he died like 10 minutes in? Which I don't know which one you're talking about. It's like it's like from 2017 or 18. They like mined an asteroid or something, and they, there was like this organism on it, and they brought it onto the ship, and then it just started killing them. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah I, I, I remember. I can't... Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's I it's the there are oh, there's so many science fiction. Stories I was I, I, the... I had to hold back from commenting about Scientology there. When he said that, <laughs> yeah, there's there's many. I think even Star Trek actually, uh, you know, to explain why all aliens look like humans with things stuck on their. So, the answer is yeah. so when I was, related. When I was watching um, the Mandalorian, <clears> I was <throat> seeing like all these really cool animal aliens, and I'm like, why aren't those the ones like that are building cities and stuff like that? And then I was like, oh, yeah. they don't have thumbs. Of course they can't build cities. Like <laughs> that's why. That's why they're every time there's ever like an alien, it's like, why are they always humanoid? They have to be. They need something to be able to grip, 
you know that's why it's like, like otherwise it's, it's humans or tentacles and it's it's weird. yeah well, i was gonna say you don't see you don't see anywhere near rhinoceros like they have they're far more dexterous than humans pahannon was okay. on to something yeah okay so here yeah so here's what pahannon was on to um all the organisms in the ocean if they start to die out guess what happens the octopods start eating us tons of squid start emerging it's a it's a it's a fascinating thing that happens within our ocean um when when other species start to die out the squids come back in droves because squid are a massive food source for most everything in the ocean huh. and so when they when the other living organisms in the ocean start to die out squids start just yeah because no one's eating the squids Mm. Right, and they get huge, giant squids, mm-hmm. krakens. So anyway, the the book that that Baxter's talking about is 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 really a fascinating read. And if you if you eat octopus, you probably won't after you read that book. <laughs> yeah, it's practically cannibalism. Um, you know what else is an interesting yeah. book though? Unveiling. That's a pretty interesting. Yeah, book. and the well, next entry. Patternfall is actually one of my favorites because this one is huge to me. Um, so, Patternfall. Uh, the patterns that escaped the garden landed in the water. Of course, there was no water at first. The patterns were abstract waves tumbling through the fire of the early universe, trapped in chaos, cycling through desperate self-preservation tautologies, while vast beings from beyond the narrow dominion of cause and effect thrashed and battled around them. For an eon, they were nothing but screaming equation vermin scurrying through the quantum foam, fleeing ultimate erasure, but they were tenacious. They propagated and the saline meltwater of comets orbiting the first stars. That broth of chemicals became their substrate, and they learned to catalyze impossible chemistry with quantum tricks. Then, they rained from the sky into the screaming seas of fallow worlds, and where they built their first housings from the geometry from geometry and silica. That's the Vex! Yep. Mm-hmm. What do you mean mm, yeah. geometry? I mean uh, quantum ev- tricks. But like everything's geometry. Well, there's only two geometries I mean, I, in Destiny, and that's Oryx and the Vex. I I agree, but like everything is geometry. No. I do agree, but like they're using really. they're using the descriptor used to describe the Vex, which is also um, also telling of how life happens on different planets. So like for instance, um what's even funnier is how the vex are radiolarity, which is a very uh, is very much exists in our real world today. Yeah. And I do think it's the fact that it says um but you know they are not all mine not in the way that admirers such as my man Oryx are mine. <laughs> Utterly man. devoted to the practice of my principle. But some of them have nonetheless found their way home, which I think destru- describes the um, the uh, what are they called? The hism, hism. Yeah, yeah. The ones yeah. that the ones that learned how to worship. Right. I think that's. I think. I think that is what that describes. Would you Would you agree with that? Me. 
Anyone. I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm saying... Back to worship the darkness in the garden. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you gotta put if you gotta put a paintbrush on. Oh yeah, it. yeah, but some yeah. of them have nonetheless found their way home. That's absolutely the vex. Like yeah, they found their way back to the garden. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the, the soul divisive. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's, what, that's, that's crazy, sorry, especially because the, the soul divisive the are incorrect. Sorry. No, you go. The soul divisive are like ooh, to the vex. Like even to the vex, they're like oh, really. <laughs> But I think that kind of makes sense in the sense that the, you know, I don't know, the the Vex have kind of, the Vex as a whole are kind of removed, you know, they're, they're just like a step away from that. As, as it says, you know, um, where is it? Um, but they are not in, this is, this is the sentence before that, the, the paragraph before that, but they are not incontrovertibly destined to rule this cosmos. They were made before light and darkness, but the rules are different now, and even this pattern must adapt. Which I feel <clears throat> really describes, um, you know, the when you, when you take that with the next sentence about how some of them have found have found uh, their way. Home, I feel as though it describes the fact that the Vex are very powerful. The Vex have a lot of. You know, they're similar to the darkness in in some respects, but they're not. You know, as we've discussed on this show, and as many people have discussed before, the Vex aren't really agents of the darkness in the same way that the High. You know, mm. um, they're um, but, amoral. They're not like yeah seeking people out to kill them. They're just yeah expanding, right. and and which is exactly what you're saying that they are not utterly devoted to the practice of my prince. You know, Oryx was the Vex. Mm -hmm. Uh, for the most part aren't the, the Vex are kind of removed the, 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 they don't care about the philosophy but some right. of them it doesn't matter kind of they, they, they've they've adopted that philosophy because they see it as the winning yeah and that brings us to the last entry that we're actually going to talk about the wager which we've also already kind of talked about because <laughs> we just jumped ahead. Yeah, we did. But I mean, you know, that's that's what it is. Um, you know, the traveler made a stand, made the guardians, even if by proxy through the ghosts, and the winner is coming and basically saying, "I want you," for multiple <laughs> reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Because they they say, uh, "What is it? The gardener is all in. They are playing for keeps, and they are wrong." Or so I argue for all the universes undecidable. There is no destiny. We're all making this up as we go along. Never the gardener nor I know for certain that we're eternally, universally right. But we can be nothing except what we are. You have a choice. You are the gardener's final argument. It would mean everything if I could convince you that I am the right and only way. So it's basically just two nerds arguing about which how many episodes there are in Star Trek. And they're just destroying <laughs> the universe over it. Yeah. Okay, can I can I bring up my book? Yeah, I mean I was giving you the <laughs> go ahead. You were giving me the the, the springboard. Yeah, so well before this whole wasn't I? <laughs> well, well this whole this whole book um unveiling um is kind of it is, is You're kinda of roboting though. Uh you might wanna like reposition. Okay. 
All right, there we go. Yeah. So this whole book of unveiling is kind of like a uh, like a much more expansive version mm-hmm. of Ghost Fragment Darkness Three. Um, it goes into the the minutia and the you know the, the the explaining of what Tolan is telling us. Keelan. So Tolan, back in the journals of Tolan and the Shattered, you know he he wrote this uh, ghost fragment, or this was a ghost fragment. And, uh, from the to- from the journals of Toll and the Shattered, right. And so there are tons of words that are recycled out of this one card used all throughout the book of unveiling, and it even explains what P fifty three in the Cambrian explosion was trying to explain to you, and um, the idea of 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 the winning play, the idea of atoms trying to rule the the universe, or whichever one is going to win, that type of thing. And it even brings up our tower ringed in spears uh, and how the final fight might emerge later on, which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. I think, I think what is also interesting as kind of a, a meta point is that the winner makes quite a convincing argument. Yeah. Oh, whereas, no, on their side. Whereas Toland doesn't, <laughs> right. Absolutely. But listen I, to me, you Toland, idiot. Toland, this is how it works. I, I don't want to listen. Oh, to why can't I make you understand? Oh, yeah. he he couldn't explain what we're reading now. Like he was trying to bring it to our attention in a way that we would uh, maybe understand. I don't know, but you know, back then you can remember back in Destiny One, reading Dark, uh, Ghost Fragment Darkness Three, you were like, "What? What? What does all this mean?" Yeah. For years, that that card has been brought up. Oh, this is what Ghost Fragment Darkness Three has been about. Mm-hmm. What? No, yeah. like it's about well, anything. Like, it's about everything. You know, it was written in such a everything. way that it, it neatly yeah. plugs into anything you can think of, and it was done so on mm-hmm. purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the knife is in there. Mm-hmm. The 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 don't don't try to understand. You know, basically that's teleology. That's in there. Um, why do atoms try to live? It's because they were in the broth. That was the first war. That's mm-hmm. in there. Atoms are from stars. That's from and that's an unveiling. Uh, smoking primal seeds. The molecule learned to copy itself. That's in there. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like this idea, uh, the like the game that they're talking about. Existence is a game that everything plays, and some strategies are winners. Yeah, um, the shape to existence. I mean, it's all in here. But what I think is the most important is this last line. But I do not think those spears will hold against the queen of the country of armies, and that is all that will matter in the end. So it's kind of posing this side of the traveler mm-hmm. and the winnower, or the gardener and the winnower, traveler darkness, whatever you want to call them. And it's even in unveiling the winnower is saying, "I might be wrong." You know, I might I might end up losing. I don't know what's going to happen. So Tolan's just like looking at it, and it's like, well, the winner is the safer bet. The safer bet of who's yeah. going to win. And yeah. Guardians might be the thing that decides it. You know, maybe that's like what Baxter was saying. Maybe the winner is seeing that. Maybe he's saying, mm-hmm. Guardians can beat me. Maybe I will lose because the Traveler made the Guardians. And I cannot do that because I am me, and I need to, like it said in an earlier entry... um, I think it was in the first knife. Uh, sorry. I, I want to actually have the exact quote. 
where they said now we're part of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one, no one knows it. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought you were about to read it, so I wasn't. I stopped. Looking. No, no, because I'm trying to oh, find man. it. The browser's not working. No, no, heterodoxy can't be compromised. We'll have to be very careful so it doesn't know the garden preservation. And thus, we too became parts of the game, and the laws of the game became gnomic and open to change by our influence. And I had only one purpose and one principle in that game, and I could do nothing but continue to enact that purpose because it is all that I was and ever would be. So even if the winnower is like, damn, the gardener just made guardians and now they're going to beat me, he can't turn around and be like, I have guardians. What are you going to do? Right. All he can do is try to convince us to leave the gardener and fight on their side. Mm-hmm. Which I think they are also doing. When are we going to get... <laughs> when are we going to get the uh, the Kentark 3 lore from the raid? I don't know. <sighs> I don't even know when we're going to get the unveiling lore uh, in the API. So, yeah, hopefully on Tuesday. Uh, so ice makes ice make golem. Why can't just said why can't the winnower make their make their I'm assuming their own guardians. They said they're our guardians. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I just said because the winnower is bound by their <clears throat> own rules in this game. So the gardener was able to make guardians because that was within their rule. I think they actually mentioned that in the wager where they said um, that's not something I could ever do. They like they they say the words like that's garden guardians are not something they can ever be a creator of. Yeah, the gardener back at the very beginning it talks about how the gardener is there to basically be creative mm-hmm. and build life. It's five death proof claim, whatever whatever the case is, the, the winnower is bound mm-hmm. by their own principles, and because of that, they can't they can't create guardians. So they're kind of stuck. They're at, they're now seeing they might lose. And I, I agree with Baxter at that point. And they're like, guardians might beat me. Mm. I need to get them on my side. Um, but also I asked, <laughs> I asked the question, when are we going to get that lore? Cause I thought one of you would remember we're getting that mm-hmm. lore on Tuesday. I hope. No, we are. I hope so too. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> No, I mean, I, d- I don't. I don't mean to be cynical. Uh, I know. Yeah, the, there's a lot of. I got an answer from uh, DMG on Twitter. I was asking about it. Um, he, yeah, met, or was it Cosmo? That. One of them, whichever. Um, mm-hmm. They're both great. Uh, whichever the whoever said it was in the next update, which is going to be Tuesday, the fix should go out. Sorry about that. If, you, if that carried over. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't hear anything. Yeah. Yeah, she gets loud with headphones on. It's like, it's like talking normally, headphones on, shouting. You know, there's a there's a little line in here, which I think. So I just wanna I just wanna go through this. So this is this is the winner we're describing what the gardener said. Okay. So the wandering refugee chose to make a stand, spend their power to say, "Here I prove myself right." Here I wager that, given power over physics and the trust of absolute freedom, people will choose to build and protect a gentle kingdom ringed in speed and not fall to temptation and not surrender to division. Mm-hmm. And, this is, and this is the interesting part. And never yield to the cynicism that says, everyone else is so good that I can afford to be a little evil. 
And I feel as though that is a reference to P53. And also because this is the darkness. This is well to the darkness as well, but this to me I feel like that's the argument why well maybe it's not. But when I was reading that I kind of thought that to me is an argument that P53 is an agent of the light. But I think that's the point of bringing up P53 is that you can argue it for both sides. Yeah. I think that's the whole point. Is like there are bad arguments for both sides. So like you can be like you can be completely right saying it's from the light, and we can be completely right saying it's from the darkness. But mm. you can argue both sides because it's all mm-hmm. just a matter of perspective of what well, is. It's like it's like that one line, and I forget where it is, but it says, um, "You know, you're you're of the light, but now I can see just a little bit of gray." Yeah, that was in um one of the that... season of the Drifter uh, Shin Malfer yeah. lore books. Yeah. <clears throat> But yes, my uh, my favorite thing with this lore book, though, is, you know, in the end, I got them all because I, I deleted Titans and just kept replaying the campaign. But for the most part, I got them week by week by week by week. And yeah. I was very much up and down on how I felt about it. Like some some entries were like, man, the winnower is right. And some entries I'm like, no, actually, the gardener is right. I should stick with the gardener. And now I'm just like, I don't know how I feel. I don't know which one I think is ultimately right. Because both of them made... The Winnower has made such a compelling argument. And everyone says that the the Traveler hasn't actually made an argument. But I think this whole game has been the Traveler's argument. You know, like, everything we've done so far has been the Traveler's argument. I mean, I think uh, that that we... I would still like to see something that... Direct. Yeah, like yeah. we've had so many, we've had so many like treatises, like manifestos from the darkness. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you look at everything that we have, you know, we we obviously there's the the books of sorrow, there's unveiling, but there's lots of other stuff as well. There's the, the as you mentioned, the the take grimoire cards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's absolutely tons of stuff that are that are told from the perspective of either the darkness or somebody who is a, a very like a really bought in agent of the dark and we haven't really like guardians don't have a clue guardians don't you know even the most devout guardian if you look at the you know the speaker or osiris or you know any whichever whichever way you want to rate a guardian as being a really good guardian whether that's by being incredibly devout or being incredibly knowledgeable none of us really have any clue what it is that that we're doing really um even toland who is an expert on so many things knows far more about about the darkness i mean maybe that's just because it's his area of expertise but still like he he can he can really make a very strong argument for the for the position of the darkness but there's nobody doing that on the side of of the light and i, I really want to see that. and actually seth dickinson um Seth Dickinson tweeted something and I was just trying to find the tweet. Um where was it? So, oh yeah, here it is. Some... Would be sorry. Okay, um Seth Dickinson tweeted would be cool to do as much philosophical deepening for the light as the dark kind of a repost to unveiling. I think there's a lot to be said about commensalism and the way that the ideology of a as fundamentally competitive slash brutal has kind of blotted out the deep origins of altruism and mutual support. Um, and he said something else as well that I can't find. 
Um, I feel like the fact that no. the traveler is not speaking to us was I thought it was kind of the whole point of the traveler's argument that the gardener is making the point that there is good out there that will be good. Uh, yeah, so without that, um... interfering, or the light <clears throat> interfering with, like guardians, it's like basically corrupting them. So the whole argument of the traveler is that there, like, there is people, there is things that exist that will be good without like bribing or talking them into like that there is a group that will resist temptation like regardless of what happens so that's actually exactly what it is all the way back from uh destiny one ghost fragment the traveler you have lived as invisibly as possible flicking from solar system to solar system making grand plans overseeing the culturing of civilizations before leaving in a blink but you have no recollection of ever wanting worship or even thanks from those who blessed you but memory is having uh basically saying like no it was never like very interactive it basically just happened it gave and it left it was gone in a blink yeah. it was never meant to communicate it was never meant to stay there and lead them and be their god or anything like that that's what the mm. that's what the winnower kind of appears to want but not what the gardener wants boom because the gardener never wants control, the winnower does. The yeah. gardener wants true good in exist, the universe, yeah. and you can't have true good if you are acting as a like if you are basically giving people something good, they're gonna choose you because you're bribing and supporting them essentially. Mm-hmm. So the only way to find if someone's really good is just to leave them by themselves and see what they do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I, and I think that that's a that's a good point in that it kind of. It, it resonates really with that particular line in that, you know, um, I wager that given power over physics and the trust of absolute freedom, people will choose to build and protect a gentle kingdom ringed in. That, that's the bet. That is the bet that the the gardener slash the, the, the traveler is is making. The, but maybe, uh, and, maybe they can change that philosophy. Maybe they have to uh, adapt it and say, like, to truly have that, you know, there has to be some form of communication. Cause I mean, we've gotten visions from it. We've had, we've had aspects of communication. It's nothing so direct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And in two days on Tuesday, um, you know, we're getting season to dawn. We're getting so much new coming. There's going to be new lore books, of course, to talk about. There's going to be St. 14 to talk about. Well, not on the 10th. When do we save St. 14? On the 17th? I'm not sure. I don't really know how things work, but... It was on the roadmap. Yeah. But I I still... Let me just see if I can find it. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about with uh, the sundial, though. That seems really interesting. Because, Mm -hmm. based on what I've seen, the sundial is literally that giant center position piece that we... um, The public Mm -hmm. event takes place in. And, basically, Mm -hmm. Osiris is like, hide it. Don't let anyone see it. But it's been sitting there for years now. And we've just been like, uh-huh. Yeah, this is Mercury. Yeah. December 17th. 17th, yep. All right. So next week, we'll be saving St. 14, which is good because, I mean, then maybe on the, the 22nd, our next episode, we can talk about St. 14. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. Yeah. We can talk about this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the dawning. Uh, the dawning, I believe, is also the 17th. Yeah. We'll have a very cheery episode that yeah. week. 
<laughs> All right. Well, cool. that was the episode for this week. Thank you for tuning in, whether it was live or if you're just listening or if you're watching on YouTube. I couldn't remember the the, the word. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry for the delay of the episode. Discord was giving us a hard time. Sorry for all those inconveniences. We always try to make a, a good episode, but you know, it seems like every week there's always something that's putting a monkey wrench in you know, <laughs> gears. So until next week, which will be on December, I think it was said 22nd, the weekend before Christmas. Um, before until next week, if you want to hear more of us, you can follow us on Twitter at Loose Cannon Show, just like it is on this title here. And you know, set us on notifications because we don't tweet much. We're not just tweeting about our day <laughs> on that cha- uh, Twitter. We just tweet when something is happening, very infrequently. So it's a good way to keep up, so you never miss an episode and you know what's going on with us. Uh, that's it. Cool. Good work. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Baxter didn't wave.